0: Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. My name is Jeanette. This is a podcast where we talk about uh, movies, TV shows, and anything in between. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. And if you're coming back, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. If you guys have a chance, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Before I get into any details,
1: uh, I would like to welcome back my guest Nzinga Murray. Hello, hello. And and I guess since I'm on now, like it should be called the J and N podcast. I'm let's see, I'm in. So Hello. Yeah. Welcome to the J and Podcast. Podcast Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me back.
0: Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, we're uh doing another episode of like strong, independent women, like female characters in movies. And today we're gonna be talking about a 2020 action thriller film called the rhythm section
1: oh my gosh 2020 i didn't know that (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) i'm actually like the one person who saw it in theaters and (laughs) it's been that long
0: (laughs) i mean you're you're like the small amount that actually watched it
1: (laughs) uh it was directed by viewers are gonna be uh hearing about this movie for the first time oh yeah (laughs) indeed a movie that came out in theaters everyone pre-covid pre-covid yeah
0: yeah it came out late january 2020 so before shit hit the fan
1: (laughs) (laughs) or it was the beginning of what was to be yeah, I mean,
0: the shit hasn't come to us at the time, but it was about
1: to come. <laughs> yeah, but w- what an omen, though, is like the rhythm section. Go see the rhythm section, and we there may or may not be a pandemic coming.
0: <laughs> you may but, or may not yeah. have, you know, have to, like, wear a mask.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but start your year off right with the rhythm section, <laughs> so... Uh, oh, you dodged a bullet, guys. All right, keep going. <laughs>
0: uh, it was directed by Reed Morano and written by Mark Burnell. The logline is, A grieving woman sets out for revenge after discovering that the plane crash that killed her family was a terrorist attack. I received information from Wikipedia, IMDB, Variety, Deadline, and Blend. The film stars Blake Lively as Stephanie Patrick. Uh, You may know her in A Simple Favor, Gossip Girl, which is a TV show, The Shallows, and The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants.
1: Which are all better movies than this one. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Next, we have Jude Law as Ian Boyd also known as b for most of the film he was in sherlock holmes contagion closer and the young pope which is kind of a limited tv show it had a second one but it was a, a little bit different um, he was also
1: in the popular movie gattaca
0: <laughs> yes gattaca with umer <laughs> <Boomer> thurman <laughs> next we have sterling k brown as mark sarah you may know him in his famous role in this is us and nbc tv show the people versus oj simpson which is the first season of american crime story and the marvelous mrs mazel in
1: season three yeah but he was only in like three episodes so that that shouldn't count
0: <laughs> yeah i mean like i tried like it tried to like Yeah. get as much as i can from because he's just starting you know in terms of acting so there are other characters that i didn't think they were important so
1: that's that's totally right uh it it really doesn't matter like most of the show most of the movie is her like in a rural area like getting beat to crap by jude law so you didn't really need any more people (laughs) yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and like the other people they were only in it for like maybe one or two scenes and that was it so yeah. not worth also, it
1: before we get into this i just want to you know touch on this log line you've given us right i don't know yeah. where you got this from but this is so big <laughs> did you make this log line yourself i think so okay cool because like because <laughs> i don't want to trash someone i don't know but like a grieving woman that's so big like basically grieving is like a light way of saying what she's dealing with because she's dealing with all the crap like like, like, and I know we're going, getting into it, but like, grief, like she's losing her shit. <laughs> Wait, can I curse? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's freaking losing her shit. <laughs> she's not just grieving; like, she's a full and total train wreck. Sorry, I just need to make that. So you need to change the log line too. A full and to- total train wreck of a woman sets out for revenge after discovering that the plane crash that killed her family was a terrorist attack. All right, let's get into this. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i like i think um i did get some of the log line from wikipedia and then i just had to add uh the plane crash because there was like discovering that something you know a terrible accident with her family and it's like okay like i need to be more
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. we'll 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 get into it but uh this this story is wild yes
0: So the film was based on the 1999 novel of the same name by Mark Brunell, who is also the screenwriter. The book became a success and caused a book series, which led to Chameleon, Gemini, and The Third Woman.
1: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Reacting to that point. I'm also a little bummed that, well, I guess it makes sense uh, why it was written by a dude. Because based off how the story goes, it's totally written by a dude. Like, it does not oh, yeah. mean women or how sex works or things like that. But yeah, let's 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 get into it.
0: Yeah. On August sixteenth, two thousand seventeen, it was reported that Paramount Pictures acquired the rights uh, to the book. Eon Productions, which is a British film production known for producing the James Bond films, joined in on the project. They had a production budget of around 50000000 Uh million. We'll get to that budget later on. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Principal photography began in December 2017 in Dublin, Ireland. However, production halted temporarily after Lively injured herself on set. And the yeah, incident...
1: What? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: The... <laughs> The incident happened during the fight sequence with Jude Law. It was when they were having breakfast and she was asking him to, you know, if she could learn how to fight. Mm-hmm. And during the scene, Lively delivers a punch to Jude's chest, which basically
1: shattered her hand. Are you trying to tell me that his chest is made of steel? <laughs> <laughs> Broke her fist. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think from watching this one behind the scenes, I think uh, stunt coordinators like give like the actors like kind of padding, okay. so he probably had padding on him. because
1: which... that sounds like total crap. Yeah, Jude <laughs> Law, chest of steel. All right. Yeah. <laughs> OOP. <Okay. laughs>
0: Uh, she underwent two hand surgeries causing a six-month delay and filming resumed in june 2018 in spain the film was originally scheduled to be released in february 20 february 22nd 2019 but due to the six-month delay from Lively's onset injury, the release date got pushed back to November 22nd of the same year, and it was pushed back again to July 31st, 2020 to avoid competing with Frozen 2 and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood.
1: That's a smart thing to do. I mean, it, 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 it was no competition, but... Yeah. Um, that's interesting i you know i kind of wonder why they didn't just film all of the scenes without blake lively first before (laughs) and then just wait until her hand was okay and then finish her scenes.
0: well i mean like i i think after watching the film again yet last night i think because a majority of the scenes has her in it so it makes sense
1: yeah i guess that's fair
0: yeah and the, the January 31st weekend was around the time that the Super Bowl uh, was happening, and they felt that January 31st was a good day to release the film because it was uh, to make sure that Lively was able to promote the film in the wake of welcoming her th- third child. It was originally projected to gross nine to twelve million from three thousand and forty-nine theaters in its opening weekend. However, it opened to two point eight million, making it one of the worst opening weekend ever for a film playing in over three thousand theaters.
1: Now, I will say, um, I at the time, and I'm not necessarily promoting them, but um, I was really heavy into watching movies from like amc a list um because they had the past i don't know if they have it anymore and so i would watch basically any movie that came to theaters at the dine-in because they gave out really good chicken wings but that's another story so um uh just just since you uh haven't touched on it yet but the the reason why Nzinga went to see this film is because Nzinga saw the trailer and she saw a very quick snippet of a a very graphic sex scene between Blake Lively and um, old boy from uh, This Is Us. What's his name again? Sterling? Uh, Yeah, Sterling K. Brown. I was like, say what? And so I was like, I have to see this just to make sure I'm seeing what I think I'm seeing. So I was a little bit on on the dirty-minded scope, but the trailer by itself basically encourages you not to see the film. oh really
0: it was it was just that scene like none of the action
1: it was was just quick cuts of blake lively in different wigs and then like i saw like oh shit is he pinning her against a wall what and so that's why i saw it that day um (laughs) but yeah um basically what uh what i'm saying is that that jeanette's (laughs) jeanette's assessment of the budget and versus the you know the um what they grossed is is pretty spot on so yeah it's uh it's yeah
0: (laughs) yeah honestly for me I've never I never heard of this film like ever so (laughs) I when you told me like that there was a film that came out in January I was like what like (laughs)
1: yeah yeah it was bad and then I saw Sonic the Hedgehog and I completely forgot about it
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah I saw that one I fell asleep like Basically, I only watched it because of Jim Carrey, and I think for a lot of other people too.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, we're getting off
0: topic. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so after three weekends, the film was pulled from 2,955 theaters, which is a decrease of 97%, making the largest third weekend theater drop in history. Deadline stated that during post-production, Murano, Lively, and Eon production all clashed on what the final project should be. It was also noted that the fall uh, 2018 test screening at Sherman Oaks Arclight didn't go well, making the film one of the worst tested titles in Paramount history. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know what happened there, but... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, man. <laughs>
0: like I kind of just want to go back in time to be able to be invited for that test screen just to see the you know just everything going on
1: <laughs> oh my gosh this is terrible
0: read Murano in terms of her history because I didn't know who she was she originally was a cinematographer known for her work on frozen river kill your darlings and the skeleton twins And in 2013, Marana became the youngest member of the American Society of Cinematographers at the time and one of only 14 women in an organization of about 345 active members. Uh, She began her directing career in 2015 with Meadowland. I think it was an indie film with Olivia Wilde. She also directed the first three episodes of Hulu's The Handmaid's Tale, for which she won a Emmy and a Director's Guild of America award. And this makes her the first woman to win both awards uh, for directing a drama series.
1: I feel like you threw that section in just to make it clear to everyone that she doesn't have bad stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just kind of letting people know this isn't her first time directing like she knows
1: right. how to do Doing, <laughs> yeah so don't you know, just i would say though i i'm like one of the few people who does not care for handmaid's tale like i saw that one scene where they were like it's time to make babies and i was like nope i'm, I'm not no i'm not doing that so uh she's, she's like she's already on my shit list <laughs> but, but I understand she she ca- so basically what Jeanette is trying to say everyone is that Reed Murano is capable of doing quality film
0: <laughs> so don't like just watch this film and be like okay that's it we are not going to hire more women uh,
1: female directors ever again you know like yeah yeah that's that's not what we're saying I think I think if we should blame anyone for this film it's Mark Burnell. but yes. we uh yeah <laughs> that's what we're saying and Eon Bernal- and Eon Productions Exactly. I thought <laughs> we have a film career at some point. Yeah, I really... Please, hire us!
0: for our opinions. In terms of the summary of the film, a woman named Stephanie Patrick enters an unknown apartment and points a gun behind a man's hand, like a man's head. Uh, the film cuts to a flashback of Stephanie with her parents, her brother, and her sister. And while that is happening, we kind of cut back and forth to Stephanie, now a drug addicted sex worker uh named Lisa, uh sitting in sitting on her bed uh crying about the memories.
1: Yeah. So when she's like a grieving person, <laughs> you understand she's a literal train wreck. Yes. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Stephanie is ordered uh, by her madam to meet a man in one of the bedrooms and once there she meets Keith, a freelance journalist writing an article about the plane crash that killed her family. Uh, He tells her that the crash was a terrorist attack and not an accident earlier reports concluded. He also tells her that the person in charge of the attack is still alive and in London. And again, they're in London and she has a British accent.
1: (laughs) Even though she's American. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are just so many questions, like, I swear, just like, I don't know what Mark Brunel was thinking, that like, if someone loses their whole family, they decide to go into sex work in a different country. Like, is that just the default for him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have questions about that, too. (laughs) Some woman beat him as a child, clearly. (laughs) This just feels like a payback movie. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or
0: his like mom just like neglected him, and then he's like, "That is it."
1: <laughs> right. He's like, "I'm just gonna trash women, and how they deal with grief." <laughs> yes.
0: Anyway, uh, Stephanie leaves the room uh, and asks one of the bodyguards to kick Keith out of the brothel. And at first, Stephanie wanted to avoid remembering her loss, and then she kind of gets high. I don't know
1: was it like crack or what's the one that goes in your arm?
0: No, Back. it was the one that I think yeah.
1: The one that you like tie off your arm. I don't know anything about drugs. So yeah. gonna...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like the way that she was doing it was that she had like a tin oh, foil. Is that the
1: Yeah. No, it's heroin. I think it's heroin.
0: Okay. Yeah, she had like a tin foil and then stuff in it and then heating up the tin foil and then smoking the Essence. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> since... <laughs> so clearly Jeanette knows nothing about drugs as well. <laughs> um, I think uh, I will say though that, you know, while we're sort of joking about her grief, like what she went through was insane. Like she lost both her parents and like her two siblings all in a plane crash. That's That's freaking wild. And I mean, no one can blame her. Yeah, so yeah, and
0: I and I understand that everyone grieves differently. So, yes. you know, right. totally understandable. While she's on this kind of getting high off of this drug, um, she decides to leave the brothel and meet up with Keith. But she does it in a very strange way. Like she's like sitting in her bedroom, and then all of a sudden she just gets up. Changes her outfit, goes to like this hallway in the brothel, takes her things, and then just leaves.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's uh very erratic in her behavior. Uh you spend a lot of the very beginning of the film just lost. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing? Like lively. <laughs> yeah.
0: She meets up with Keith and he takes her to his apartment where she discovers Uh, his office covered with information about the plane crash. And I'm assuming that she was overwhelmed by everything that she passes out.
1: I thought that was the, what did you call it? Aroma?
0: Yeah, the aroma. (laughs) From
1: the drugs.
0: Yeah.
1: The essence. No, you call it the essence. Yes. The essence of the drugs caused her to to pass out. (laughs) Or, or, um, or if Mark Brunell wants us to have it, the pictures of his, her parents and the plane crash was just so overwhelming that she got the vapors and just passed out. Um, yeah. She got so, the dizzies. <laughs> yes. yeah, lightheaded, as women do. Oh, I think. Oh, no. Goodness, a picture.
0: <laughs> so she wakes up in the office, uh, I'm assuming the next day, and begins to look at the pictures of the victims. And while looking at the picture, she spots her parents and her siblings and begins to cry. And then Keith later comes in, like it just cuts to a scene where he's in the office. And he later tells her that a man named Muhammad Reza created the bomb used in the the attack. However, authorities are afraid to bring him in with the fear that he may lose his connections and further evidence for future attacks. Uh, Stephanie questions Keith's legitimacy to which he tells her that he received information from an ex-MI6 who is still an insider. And Stephanie believes that the source Keith is using is basically using keith for his benefit and not the other way around but keith just kind of like brushes that comment aside
1: well she she basically thinks that he's um being taken advantage of
0: yeah stephanie also asks keith why he brought her in and he states that she is a victim too who was supposed to die in the attack and apparently she missed the flights and someone else took over her seat Uh, Later that night, Stephanie looks further into Keith's files while he is away, and she discovers files with the name B and Muhammad's student ID. When he comes back, she questions who B is, but Keith refuses to disclose the information. Uh, She waits for Keith to leave again, and takes his money and prescription drugs, and also takes uh, photos of some of his uh, files and some of the pictures on the wall. She then buys a gun from a pawn shop and heads to the Portland Royal College of Engineer. I feel, I feel,
1: <laughs> I feel like this, like story is really kind of dumb (laughs) like like just a comedy of errors but not a comedy because like okay so she's clearly addicted to drugs living on the street poor but because i guess they share this commonality they both want to find out you know who killed who did this terrorist attack he's like feel free to come into my house i have all my valuables here i understand that you you steal and you know have sex and uh and you know do all the things for a living um but i'm gonna go ahead and trust you wholeheartedly and not expect you to take anything while i'm gone so i feel like that's on him i feel like uh he uh he decided to be real dumb that day and uh he got what he had coming to him so uh i don't feel bad for any of these people (laughs) yeah yeah it was just it was very weird
0: and i don't know it was just it just kind of reminded me at this point it reminds me of like the scripts that I would read for uh, not um, like high-end production companies but just like the one right below that they can only like afford to produce like low-budget films and like maybe b-movies in a way you know
1: yeah I mean I've, yeah yeah it, I think with the script like it feels like it was sort of poorly crafted a little bit because like in order for it to move forward like people who would otherwise be really smart or like logical were making really dumb decisions and I I don't know if I like films like that where it's like well you know you know to lock your door but you don't
0: yeah (laughs) yeah And then, like, when she says, Well, what happens if I take everything? Then I'll just change the locks. And it's like, Well, like, (laughs) it doesn't make sense.
1: Why is she at your house at all? Like, take her to a third party location. You go to a coffee shop with a file and you talk to her about it. You don't bring her to your house and then leave her there. Sorry, go ahead. No worries. Uh, Once she's at the college,
0: she spots Reza at a cafeteria, uh, cafeteria. And tries to shoot him with the gun that she bought. However, she chickens out and Reza leaves because it's like a weird thing. Like she she sits down like almost right next to him, like across from him, and it's just like staring at him. And it's like, dude, like stop staring at people. (laughs) Like you're making people uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I boy. Yeah
0: once he leaves stephanie then discovers that her backpack is gone which and then like she gets up and is like my backpack is gone
1: (laughs) and i don't know why why wouldn't you be why wouldn't your backpack be on your back when you go to shoot someone wouldn't you need to make a quick getaway why would you put your backpack down yeah at least let, let me just let me just say this at least blake lively has a simple favor
0: <laughs> yes yes
1: <laughs> <Just say that. laughs> so stephanie
0: returns to keith's apartment only to find it ransacked and keith's dead in the bathroom
1: Ooh, what? Yeah.
0: oh my god he's dead <laughs> and then just like she did in the brothel she just you know gets out and like leaves and then like runs and it's like, okay.
1: <laughs> this, uh, Mark, Mark, what were you thinking? <laughs> Come on. So, Mark.
0: <laughs> so then she's like hanging out. I don't know if it's like in, like on a sidewalk or just like in a cafe, but she's like hanging out somewhere. And then she decides to look through her phone and she finds information on B. And it's like a photo of Scotland, basically where he is. So then she decides to travel to Scotland and makes it to B's col- cottage uh, by night. However, while she's looking and trying to see if he is in the cottage, she gets jumped by B, who, like, knocks her well not knocks her out just kind of takes her gun and um takes her to his shack
1: and just
0: throws her in
1: there just so we're clear right okay i don't know if we we're gonna touch on this budget of theirs this 50 million dollar budget but unless jude law asked for 49 million (laughs) dollars there's no reason why this needs to be 50 million dollars like he like the i'd say maybe two-thirds of the movie is at the shack or somewhere around it like in the middle of nowhere so there's no reason why it needs to be this much
0: yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, I I don't know I just kind of feel like that they I think a lot of the budget was like going through all these different places and I'm like you know you could just like stick to like one place and just pretend that is like somewhere I don't know
1: yeah i yeah i mean but like i'd say like and we're about to get into it but like the most of the movie is him like training her in like a one room house like it i don't i don't see (laughs) they could have done this for three million
0: (laughs) yeah uh so she wakes up the next day and is interrogated by b uh, because of her failed attempt uh, to kill Reza, B stated that she ruined Keith's plan to take him down. And because of the incident, Reza freaked out and went into hiding. Uh, after a couple of days of, I guess just her like kicking her drug habit because she goes through like withdrawals and he just kind of leaves her there for a couple of days. <laughs>
1: yeah I can't take I can't take Jude Law seriously it's like (laughs) I'm not gonna help you when you're going through withdrawal and I'm gonna smack you around a (laughs) lot so I just couldn't take him seriously as like a dick I mean other than his like literal dickness but like as a dick (laughs) yeah I didn't get it
0: (laughs) yeah well because like I think it's because like he mostly plays like seemingly nice people and
1: Yeah, I mean he's like he's like hero adjacent like I I remember him in Captain America he was kind of a jerk there or not no not Captain America Captain Marvel uh there's too many captains um he's uh he's like the guy who trains the main character and he's kind of got like a jerkish demeanor but I feel like his sort of that what he was going for with this one that sort of like tough love thing like it just didn't feel believable to me like i i didn't i didn't believe him one is like this hardened mercenary guy who will find some like woman in distress and suddenly treat her like crap yeah (laughs) no like i just like i don't believe it jude law
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah i don't know it was just weird anyways uh so (laughs) stephanie so once like she overcomes her drug addiction surprisingly stephanie asks b to help her find reza Uh, he just kind of ignores her and then gives her combat boots one day and then just runs away from her (laughs) without really explaining that yes he's training her
1: yeah that's what i'm saying this like stoic like i don't want to help you but i'm also going to help you he's like he's like he's trying to do miyagi and he's not doing it well (laughs) me up for you youngins miyagi is uh the karate trainer and the karate kid and he's super like quiet but he teaches the kid even when the kid doesn't realize he's being taught how to Mm do like the wax on wax off even though there's no way you can learn karate from waxing someone's car but yeah uh just talking yeah so so then there's like this
0: like kind of montage of like them just running around uh his the land and then he's like okay like i'm just gonna let you know like you you're making a bad decision trying to you know kill and find reza um like you should just quit like you, again the whole like tough love thing for no reason um and then after um I guess like after like running for so long she complains that um he's treating her uh worthless like she's worthless uh so then b tells her that she is a cliche because she became a prostitute and a drug addict and he just like at, he orders her to go into the lake um like to take off her clothes and go into the lake so then after resisting she then does it but it's all way down to her like bra and panties and then she wraps her her clothes like in like this makeshift backpack that she makes and then she just goes into the cold lake and then swims and then she (laughs) i don't know
1: yeah i don't get that i don't how do you prove you're not a worthless prostitute by swimming in a lake (laughs) (laughs) by surviving the swim so then you get out and suddenly you're not a worthless prostitute. You, is you just had you? pneumonia. Like, is what? that a thing? Like, I feel like if that's a thing, they should say that's a thing. Like in Scotland, if you swim across a lake in your underwear, you are no longer a worthless prostitute. And then a bunch of worthless prostitutes would be swimming through a lake. <laughs> like, is this the lake where I become no longer a worthless prostitute? <laughs> like, Oh yes, this is the like worthless prostitute lake. <laughs> this movie is so oh, stupid. <laughs>
0: like they have like a hashtag worthless prostitute. <laughs> yeah, and
1: then and then we get to the other side. You get like a a sweatsuit that says I'm no longer a worthless <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> and it could do like an Instagram post, like look at me. Yeah. I did sign, and they're just like. Um, you can stand beside it and there's an arrow pointed to you that says um i just survived the worthless prostitutes when <laughs> like uh, <laughs> we are trying to make the most of a bad movie <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> one day stephanie tells b uh that her family wasn't supposed to be on the plane uh that day and uh, she explains that they changed their flight plans in order for her to join them but she still refused to meet up with them at the airport claiming that she had plans aware of her true intentions b then tells her that Reza is an errand boy for a radicalist islamic cleric representing a hardline government and it all yeah <laughs>
1: Another um, Islamist, islamic terrorist group that we can blame it all on okay great
0: <laughs> yeah well i think it's probably because like since it was made in 1999 it was still the whole like cliche of like oh yeah anyone who works in the middle east is like a terrorist you know i
1: yeah, know but the movie was shot and then you can i know <laughs> script edits <laughs> God, it's just so easy it's like <clears throat> who's an easy scapegoat islamic people <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like do something else
0: <laughs> yeah try like this new one that's like white terrorist <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: like <laughs> or do so- something super random like like samoans
0: <laughs> yeah or <laughs> amish you...
1: people amish, amish gangsters <laughs> <yeah. laughs> do witness remake witness just remake witness <laughs> yeah yeah mm. goodness i i swear like you know everybody, give Reed Moretto like a, a second chance, but Mark Ronnell just he's done with me. What is it? Uh, what is that one <laughs> with the arms?
0: Um, uh, oh,
1: not today, yeah, <laughs> that's not it.
0: No, like, no, shut it down, just shut, oh, it, yeah. down. shut it down
1: <laughs> as you hit someone's private person, they get yeah, yeah. knocked down. down. <laughs> Not today, shut it down. (laughs) Uh,
0: So uh, he also tells her that an unidentified person named U17 is the main person in charge of the attacks. Uh, He later states that the cleric died in a drone strike and that Reza is their direct link to (laughs) U17. I guess like a couple of days later, he gives her an alter ego name, Petra Reuter, Reuter, and it was the name of a former assassin who died and her body's whereabouts are unknown. And then during
1: I this, this, this film is using just like every cliche they can think of.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just like any nineties and early 2000 cliche of a spy film. Yeah.
1: Um, that should hold up for 2017
0: (laughs) yeah like it's it's 2020 like i'm pretty sure this is
1: up to date right (laughs) sure 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 (laughs) no no upgrades of any sorts (laughs) no not at all let's just have islamic terrorists and goofy code names and some woman assassin <laughs> named petra uh <laughs> alter ego and then we have our worthless prostitutes this is a great movie. This it's gonna do really well 50 billion dollars nice job paramount nice job hashtag feminist <laughs> <laughs> we did it, you guys we did it <laughs> hashtag feminist despite the fact that it was created by a man <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh god Uh, So during breakfast uh, Stephanie asks when will be teach her how to fight and then he's like silent oh shit I forgot
1: that he didn't even teach her how to fight yet (laughs) yeah
0: he just showed her how to shoot and then was mostly just running
1: all over the place this is ridiculous we were we're already like an hour into the film (laughs) she still hasn't learned that yet wow
0: (laughs) he's like silent he doesn't really say anything and then he just shoves her face in her oatmeal and then the fight ensues and it's just like a weird awkward flat fight where you know it's planned like you know like yes he's like gonna be better than her <laughs> and in the end it shows that yep he got the upper hand <laughs> <That was> insane. <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, I fell asleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no worries. Uh, so, while heading out, uh, Stephanie asks why uh, he is an ex MI6 member. And he states that he killed Petra deliberately, but fails to ask why. Which will later be explained in another season, another scene, but not right now.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, because he needs that those extra days to think about exactly how he's going to explain himself.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so B sends uh, Stephanie to Madrid uh, after her training to meet up with Mark Sarah, an information broker who used to work for the CIA. Uh, she has to prove to Mark that she is Petra herself, that they have to get some money in order to travel to Madrid. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So then Stephanie is like, oh, I know someone who could do that. It's the guy that funded Keith for his investigation. They go to Suleiman Kaif, residence, uh, who was a father of a son who was killed in a, the plane crash. And he tries to uh, prove the crash was a terrorist attack by financing Keith's investigation. But Solomon argues that he just took the money and disappeared. And then Stephanie tries to tell Solman that Keith was actually trying to find the people who were in charge of the attack but he ignores her and orders her to leave what is the story
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> like where are we going with this
0: <laughs> the yeah. funny part was like oh we need money to get uh to madrid wait you don't have money it's like no i'm b i'm an x mi6 person
1: (laughs) okay but he has like money for like groceries and his random ass cottage and all that stuff like this is what 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 is this i don't know
0: as uh stephanie try like goes and leaves or is heading out Suleiman's wife, Aaliyah, enters the room and asking for Stephanie to explain further. Uh, after Stephanie promises to kill the people in charge of the attack, Aliyah believes her and agrees to help her out. So once in Madrid, Stephanie changes her hair color and from like a very shaggy blonde hair to like this kind of
1: is that the modern. black? Hair? Yeah,
0: it's like bl- like um, modern black hair, you know,
1: short hair. Yeah, like a pixie cut. She looks like um, like Joyce Dewitt. Yes. From uh, Three's company. Yes. So
0: once she does that, she receives orders from B to find an, a man named Lehman. B states that Lehman arranged the bomb to be on the plane but he doesn't have any more information about Lehman. So then Stephanie mm-hmm. finds Mark Sarah at this like local marketplace and calls him while he sits in a cafe and asks him to give her information of Lehman's whereabouts. Uh, Stephanie notifies him that she is Petra but he doesn't believe her given the fact that the real Petra
1: died yeah also too like Jude Law didn't teach her how to act he taught her how to kind of fight yeah so it's not convincing at all when he goes over there to her just this is so bad like the other thing too is like how many people were involved in this plane crash it seems like there's like 20 people throughout Europe who were involved in this one plane crash
0: yeah it's it's weird you would think it would be like maybe one person or two people but she insists that she is petra and he tells her to meet him in person the next day and then the next day they meet uh by a newsstand with stephanie in a different wig this time i think it's like a redhead uh red wig Yeah, yeah that's what i
1: remember from the trailer is all the wigs It's like Blake Lively running around in wigs and I know there's like a bus explosion and then she has sex with Sterling K. Brown and that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder why it didn't make its money back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So after uh, wiring Mark a fee, he tells her that Lehman changed his name and now lives in uh, Tangier, uh, Morocco. And this is a point where the film comes back to the first scene where Stephanie goes into this apartment or like town home and points a gun to Lehman's head. However, Lehman notices her and the two fights. And at first Lehman has the upper hand, but then he starts to lose his breath and tries to crawl back to his oxygen machine. <laughs> So then Stephanie like holds him back until he dies from suffocation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well she only wanna fight because this dude needed more oxygen. So okay. Well not not I mean I wait, well what is this the section of this JM podcast? This is the strong women. <laughs> yes. I feel I feel like uh this is the wrong film for this. <laughs> i mean we'll
0: change it to like it was supposed to be a strong woman female character film but we got this
1: section i feel feel like this is like adequate fights by women or you know like
0: or maybe uh, just like men writing women section
1: or it's just like you could change it to like um no because we did we did a wonder woman (laughs) you could do like uh the woman is technically the main character just change the section to that (laughs) technically (laughs) yeah i'll do that (laughs) so
0: okay yeah so she takes a syringe that lehman tried to use against her and heads out of the townhome however a man notices her and signals to his friend who was who found lehman's body Mm -hmm. And then they just go on this weird car chase with each other, where the the guys are driving this uh, taxi, which is a Mercedes, <laughs> and then she's driving this like beat up car, and then they just go through town, and then somehow she outruns them because they get hit by this truck. <laughs> And
1: yeah, no one taught her to drive.
0: I know it's like all of a sudden she knows kung fu, you know?
1: Right. <laughs> so her her skills are very convenient. Like we never see her learn these skills, but suddenly she's really good at something when it helps the story. <laughs> exactly. Stephanie meets up with
0: Mark at another marketplace, and now that he
1: mar- this is the third marketplace. I know.
0: <laughs> so now that he believes her that she is petra mark gives her a contract to go after a guy named leon uh Geiler, who is an american financier under investigation in the u.s uh S- stephanie notifies b about the contract to which he encourages her to take it he tells stephanie that Geiler um is su- suspected of having financial dealings with u-17 and that he funded the cell that brought down the plane
1: okay so that's person number what
0: 21
1: yeah 21a <laughs> <21 involved>? 21a <laughs> who's involved in this plane crash who was on this freaking plane
0: <laughs> i know i was just so like someone's gotta be on the plane to like make sure it detonates
1: <laughs> president of the world was clearly on the plane because everybody wants this plane to crash This a random plane to crash i know
0: it was so interesting yeah. <laughs> she goes back to mark and asks for two million dollars for the hit Uh, He gives her a counter offer of one million, but she remains firm on her price. And then it doesn't really explain if he was like, okay, let's do it. Or that they just went like maybe 175
1: or (laughs) something. They didn't haggle.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It just jumps to New York city and Stephanie is there with B. And while at the hotel, uh, Stephanie asks, b again why he killed petra and then b tells her that petra killed one of his mi6 friends and
1: decided to return the favor but when, w- when she asked him about it a week before he was like you're not ready to hear that story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a week later now that she's killed one dude kind of by accident she's like so now tell me how you killed petra <laughs> or why you killed Petra he's like well I guess you're uh you're you're privy to that information now (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah he was ordered by uh the CIA
0: to stand down because they were using Petra to find and kill U-17 but be refused and MI6 had to fire him in some way uh, so the next Wait, day after again, <laughs> I know it's <laughs> it's weird because there are scenes like this where it's like, okay, like shouldn't we focus on like I don't know the main story
1: <laughs> yeah like i i i'm literally I've literally lost track of who the bad guy is, like is it u seventeen is it uh mark you mark or whatever, or is it this other like I'm confused, Reza, what happened to that dude? like I'm so confused right now, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: The next day, uh, B gives Stephanie the rundown on how to kill Guiler. Uh, She dresses up as an escort and heads to Guiler's penthouse. She tries to cut his throat, but fails to kill him and then just leaves. And she goes to B, who is like kind of hanging out inside of a car, and is like, Oh, I tried my best, but I couldn't do it. And then they watch Gyla go into his SUV and with his driver, you know, taking him to the hospital. But then they stop at this red light, and then the car just explodes.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: And then later that night, Stephanie discovers from a news report that Geiler's children were in the car with him during the explosion. And then this causes her to, like, freak the fuck out and then become very depressed and head back to Madrid. B argues that the explosion wasn't plan A and that she was plan A. And that he didn't know the children were in the car in the first place. But Stephanie refused to listen to him saying that she's going to finish the job her way.
1: This is such crap, man. Like, suddenly she has a moral high ground. She literally went all the way over there to kill him and doesn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he was supposed to die, yes, but his children were not supposed to die. It's like, you can't have it one way. Like, that's not how that works
0: yeah i mean like you failed the mission he had like be had to you know kill him some way or another
1: if okay do you want his kids to die no but like if you decide to be a hitman, that's part of the job yeah no so like i i just feel like she can't like kill a lot of people then then be mad that like one of those times their kids were in the car like just don't be a hitman. Go back to to tricking or whatever it is, trapping. What what, what do we call it when you're, uh-huh. trapping. uh trapping? Yeah, trapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't <think> that's it. <laughs> we don't know anything about prostitution either we have no experience whatsoever (laughs) we have no
0: experience in drugs we have no experience as a prostitute we're just we're just not experts for this film we should just not talk about this film (laughs) thanks for coming to jay (laughs) and she uh heads back to madrid and goes to mark's house which was surprising because he never told her where he lived
1: yeah so she just finds yeah. it to be living in in those uh what are the news newsstands what are they yeah <laughs> what are they called yeah newsstands <laughs> you're not newsstands oh not marketplace <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> he lives in the marketplaces of of, of uh europe so yeah uh, drinking his the- espresso <laughs> yeah <laughs> they also don't explain like This is something just for me, but like Mark, whatever the heck is, um, is black. And we don't understand why he's, he has, well, one that he lives in a random marketplace in Madrid, but also um, why he's there at all. Um, He's just sort of there. Like they don't sort of explain his backstory enough for me. And I'm like, why are you not, you know, in some new England town with your brother and sister and your children learning about the past of your father? that's from this is us (laughs)
0: yeah i mean i never seen this is us right so but i understand
1: gave it away that's what happens
0: (laughs) okay i mean i do remember that scene where he has a panic attack and i'm like okay like that's reasonable that's you know connective
1: connected yeah i just need i need some more backstory on this man yeah um yeah
0: I mean he will he will soon i mean <laughs> that's true that's true uh, over but sure yeah <laughs> she heads back to mark's house refusing to answer his questions on b and while staying at the house stephanie asked mark why he left the cia <laughs> <laughs> Well, I jumped the gun on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he explains very vaguely that the organization molded him into being a heartless man. Cause sure. he's like, oh, yeah, like they make me do this thing. And then because I did this thing, they make me do it again and again. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, she's a hitman. You could just say it. <laughs> like,
1: already heartless why does it matter like i don't understand like if he's they've already made him heartless so he goes well i'm heartless let me quit the cia i'm like if you're already there just keep going right yeah but also too sterling k brown similarly actually to jude law is n- does not make a convincing heartless person yeah i think he was poorly cast i think they were both poorly cast <clears throat> yeah
0: i think like they're are- like sterling was there just to kind of like you know be like oh look like we have a minority yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: diversity yeah look we got one black guy (laughs) hey yeah no this yeah trash so say the next sentence so we can talk about this
0: (laughs) (laughs) so the two become intimate weirdly and they
1: have sex but it's an awkward, like I don't know. Explain, explain the sex scene. It's pretty graphic. I, I would say my issue with it, and this is probably going to be controversial, <clears throat> so I apologize in advance. Don't come at me. But like, you know, I I don't think I've ever seen an interracial sex scene before, and uh, <clears throat> but they really tried hard to make that a sell for the movie. Like, which is why I watched it because I feel like they don't usually have scenes like that but it also they also seemed extremely mismatched I don't know why I feel like Blake Lively perpetually looks like she's about in her early 20s and so I just I don't know I uh I didn't it wasn't fun for me (laughs) I was like the waiter better come with my chicken wings or I'm leaving this theater now (laughs) because it was not it was not great it also made no sense why they were having sex it was just like we need there's like a void in the movie and we need to add a couple of minutes here let's add a sex scene where it doesn't belong. yeah it was
0: just so weird because it's like dude like you met this this is your third time meeting this guy or fourth and all of a sudden you're like oh my god i'm in love with him it's like what
1: the fuck like in love like she's a pro- she's a worthless prostitute remember well i guess she she's a former worthless prostitute yeah because she crossed that lake so right did so um so but i just i don't know i just feel like they it didn't feel like they needed to have sex at all like i feel like she spoke with jude lawmore to the point where like you could sort of insinuate that was going to happen but for her to randomly have sex with sterling k brown it didn't feel like earned at all like even if it was meaningless like it just didn't feel earned at all I feel like mark whatever made was like hey dudes we haven't had a single sex scene in this whole movie let's (laughs) give them a sex scene and so she like they did so like I just it it was rough it was it was rough to watch it was hard I looked around and everyone else was watching it and so I tried my best to stay focused on the screen but it was it was a hard one to watch
0: (laughs) so yeah Uh pretty bad. Pretty bad. (laughs) Not I would say I was very disappointed in the sex scene because I was like, I thought it would be more if you're if you're doing a sex scene, you might as well just go all out, you know. But anyways, I digress. Commit. You
1: gotta commit.
0: Months later, because again, it moves on to like another time. And so I don't know if it's like months later or days later, but uh be text stephanie to call her to call him so once she did b informs her that u17 hired sarah to take care of Guiler. uh she then confronts sarah and tells him that u17 is playing a hit on him because u17 is eliminated connections with him <laughs> so then
1: because <laughs> so i'm eye rolling
0: <laughs> yeah So Sarah informs Stephanie that U-17 is going to be in Marcel uh, at a peace march, and that U-17 is making a bomb for the event, and that U-17 is Muhammad Reza, the guy that was supposedly the person that they were looking for in connection for U-17, (laughs) but now he's actually U-17. (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh. So the, the 20 people who were involved in this murder are now only one person. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, so, <laughs> so Stephanie decides to plan a hit on Rosa. Uh, she travels to Marcel on the day of the event. And then she enters this apartment complex uh, and tries to like sneak in to one of the apartments that Reza is staying And while looking through one of the windows, Stephanie spots Reza with a younger woman acting as his accomplice. And just as she's in position to kill Reza and the woman, another man, which I'm assuming like just like a random (laughs) roommate enters the apartment and then spots Stephanie and then like a shootout. Yeah, and a shootout happens and Stephanie shoots two people as Reza and the woman escape with the bomb.
1: Miss Reza again. <laughs> this movie, guys. This movie. Uh, she chases
0: them and the three entered this bus and after spotting, spotting Reza uh, at the front of the bus, uh, Stephanie asks him where the detonator is. He refuses Uh, to answer. So then she just pulls out her gun and then orders everyone off the bus while holding Reza at gunpoint. (laughs) (laughs) The woman tries to detonate the bomb but fails to activate it and then Stephanie shoots the woman and fights Reza for the detonator and just as Stephanie is choking Reza she tells him that he killed her family
1: <laughs> oh my goodness uh this the most mustache twirly action film ever like it's just so silly it's yeah crazy. uh reza informs her that sarah will kill
0: her next oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> another trainer walks <What? laughs> Uh, the woman yells that the bomb is on a timer and Stephanie tries to flee the bus. Ressa grabs hold of Stephanie's ankle, but the woman loosens his grip on Stephanie and orders her to go. So then Stephanie just makes it out in time before the bus explodes. <laughs> Conveniently.
1: That's a, that was another, see, that's what I'm saying. Like that was another, um. Scene in the trailer it, where it, it almost she's like walking away from a bus crash, way too close to the bus. One, but also like the bus, she's just sort of walking off, like sort of disoriented. Oh my, there's still drugs in my system. And then the thing goes off. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just, and also just so we're clear, right? We're clearly at the end of the film, and you still haven't mentioned the rhythm section. <laughs> I know it's because
0: like there's like I think like 15 minutes left in the film and I'm like wait there's 15 minutes left in the film this is why it was so hard for me to finish the film because I kept falling asleep because nothing is happening (laughs) and I had to keep watching it over and over you know how torturous this film became (laughs) this could be used for torturing devices for
1: anyone. seriously like Just make like, them watch this it didn't like it it didn't make a lot of money for a reason like sometimes it's kind of a bummer when like a really good film kind of gets a little indie and it, and there's a cult following but it doesn't make a lot but it's clearly good this is not that film no <laughs> it's it, it's not good it was not well thought out but, uh, but still go give Reed Moreno a chance
0: yes please please <laughs> but like... also
1: you gotta question her judgment on that you know what I mean like this mo- this movie is so silly like you know also think about the fact that she chose to direct this film they probably were like we really need a woman who can we get who has poor judgment and Reed Moreno came to mind
0: yeah. I don't know like again I'm not sure if like in her position Eon or Paramount had more of like a say um, than her you know her decisions you know because I don't know if it if Paramount and Eon were like A24 that kind of lets the directors do what they want or is there you know act more like you know Disney or Netflix where they're very like constructive and
1: you know I've been I'm saying- not I'm wrong <laughs> It's Reed Murano. Oh my God. I was thinking Reed Moreno. No. <laughs> oh my bad, guys. No worries. We're sorry. <laughs> I apologize, Reed Murano. In movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Please hire her. Stephanie heads back to Mark's house and tells Mark that she lost her family in the plane explosion three years ago because apparently he doesn't know
1: that that happened to her. (laughs) I feel like he's a terrible CIA agent. Yeah. Like didn't do any kind of research. He's been sleeping with this mysterious Petra person. Like this, gosh, like all these people were supposed to be like, highly trained and no one's doing their due diligence like just (laughs) yeah
0: i mean it almost kind of questions like maybe like the real reason that b and mark left or got fired by cia and mi6 like probably is because they weren't that great at their job
1: (laughs) it's probably this reason that they that they uh that like they say it's because you know they killed this person you know they they lost themselves or whatever that's crap it's like you you were dishonorably discharged for being a dumbass yeah yeah
0: so stephanie injects a syringe uh with poisonous ven- venom that she got from lehman into mark and then she tells Mark that she knew that he was U-17 all along after he lied to her about Reza being U-17. So then Mark dies after a few minutes and then Stephanie just leaves the house.
1: She's like, I've been giving you ass for months, but I know you've been lying to me all this time. So you're, I'm going to kill you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. It's and like, you peace. Leave- She's like, I'm, I'm leaving.
0: Yeah. Doesn't water the plants or check to make sure that he doesn't have a pet. Nothing. Just leaves. I feel
1: like a lot of her murders are I'm walking off murders. You know, like the bus one where she's just sort of like, I'm going to walk away from this.
0: Okay. I got, I got to go. Like she told me to leave. I'm leaving. Yeah. Stephanie is out. Peace. <laughs> so she heads back to aliyah to notify her that everything is taken care of and then Aaliyah, go ahead
1: the, the wife of the yeah of the other yeah okay yeah we're back
0: <laughs> yeah uh asks asked her if she is stephanie and she hands her back her dad's ring because stephanie promised them that she'll get the job done and then hands them her dad's ring yeah yeah. So Stephanie refuses to take the ring back and orders Aaliyah never to mention her real name again. And then just leaves again, leaving. Sure.
1: Yeah, that's her calling card—is to just walk off.
0: Yeah, and then there's another one right after this. <laughs> so two weeks later, Stephanie leaves her residence in London, only to be pinned against a wall by B. Uh, B informs her that Petra needs to disappear. But she tells her, she tells him that her name is Stephanie and then pushes him a- away from her. <laughs> and then he tells her that he hopes never to see her again, but she questions if he really does before again walking away from him.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> this is like his starter scripts, clearly.
0: Yeah. I mean Like the the book he wrote was actually his debut novel. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is rough.
1: (laughs) Uh
0: so this is kind of like where the story is love ambiguous for a possible sequel that probably will never happen now that this film came out. Yeah. And that's the end of the film. Thank God.
1: (laughs) Yay. We still don't even know what that means. (laughs) so yeah what did you think about uh Blake Lively (laughs) that she has shown better judgment and um so I'm gonna go ahead and and say that she's I I hope her next film is better that's what I've got and you know all she got out of this because she clearly didn't make that much money is a a broken hand oh yeah two surgeries a broken hand for this trash movie like yeah no I have nothing to say (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I just felt that it was you could tell that it was written by a man and that it's just very weird there's no like kind of like true emotions for Stephanie it just felt like oh yeah she just became a prostitute and a drug addict after the plane crash but never really explains like oh no she was really depressed and didn't know how to live her life or you know
1: something yeah i don't know Also, Um, she was in america when (laughs) when when her family died how did she end up in europe without getting on a plane
0: yeah wouldn't she be terrified of going on planes (laughs) after that after her entire family dies
1: yeah yeah
0: i don't know i don't get that one also, it would have been best if she was just an America American living in London than just being a British woman. I
1: yeah I, don't I mean I love
0: accent. I love Blake lively, lively, but I really feel she doesn't do really great with British accents. it's yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Blake. <laughs> you can do better.
1: You can do better. We've seen you do better, Blake. yes uh, what did you think about you law? <laughs> I think that he can do better, too. Um, I don't think that this role made sense for him. I don't think he played it well. I was not convinced that he was this sort of hardened... The hardened guy he was going for, like, it just didn't sit with me, and I just didn't think he uh, he embodied his character very well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I kind of feel that it he was miscast for this film. I think this would have been better maybe for, like, Russell Crowe, or like christian bale even if they're looking for someone younger ish but yeah like i don't know i feel like jude isn't a person that can do tough love you know yeah Yeah. on
1: the darker scale that this movie was um going for like i feel like i've seen him do harden but it was sort of a lighter type thing so but definitely not for this i think i think he wasn't convincing as this sort of training monster recluse whatever so yeah yeah
0: uh what did you think about sterling k brown um
1: <laughs> i mean I, I i just think that he there was he, i don't really understand his his point for being in there i feel like they were just trying to um diversify their cast um but there was like he was very insignificant and um yeah i i don't i don't even get hit the reason why he was in there i'm not sure i'm clear on that one
0: yeah i agree too um on you know them trying to have some form of diversity i don't know it was just weird too and then like every time we see him he's always like talking to um stephanie about like a hit or like a contract but it's never really like other stuff you know (laughs) yeah I don't know it's just weird yeah, and
1: together.
0: yeah and then I, mean, I already know like the answer to this but what do you think about the movie overall
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I don't think it was um well thought out I think the story um really lacked a uh, good plot and um i personally don't think i'd recommend it to folks um n- not a lot of people remember the movie at all you know it was pretty eclipsed um by the pandemic but <laughs> um, yeah it wasn't it and that's what i was saying like it was a tough movie to lead out what a, a tough year was like <laughs> you know what i mean like it yeah wasn't, it wasn't good it was it was it was not good at all yeah
0: Yeah, I agree too. I feel like that I think it would have been best if they worked more on trying to fix the screenplay because I feel like that the book was already outdated because it was made in 1999 so of course they had to update um, a lot of stuff and I think it would have been best if they I maybe hired someone else who isn't the author and may have a sensitive side to be like oh yeah i want to keep all the stuff even though it's outdated but yeah i think it would have been best if they had a different screenplay like a screenwriter to write this um and adapt this script um uh, i also think that yeah like uh, just a lot of cliches for a spy film and just like a bunch of random characters that don't really need to be there i think like it would have been best to just have blake lively and someone else to play b yeah. <laughs> and that's it they don't need to know who is u17 or they just gotta find reza like i don't know some just one person <laughs> yeah agreed yeah so uh yeah that is it for this podcast hope you enjoyed it uh also please hire us please don't you know just blacklist us because we talk shit about this film
1: (laughs) yeah we still love the film industry Uh, yeah all of its highs and lows so uh please hire us for jobs (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) if you want to follow us on instagram you can follow the podcast at jandm underscore podcast you can also email us at jandm podcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or ideas or if you want to say hi um and Zinga, do you have any plugins that you would like to
1: you know jeanette uh i have no plugins please go watch uh j and in uh podcast um i don't know when this is coming out but uh happy memorial day um flag day is coming up uh and uh fourth of july you know independence you know all that stuff so uh yeah enjoy enjoy your holiday whichever one is next
0: (laughs) uh yeah cool awesome thank you again for being here and enjoying this uh moment (laughs) Uh, we'll probably do a better um female character movie uh in the future so
1: the, the bad ones are fun though so i don't mind it <laughs> okay cool <laughs> yeah for sure
0: and also if you like this episode please rate and review us on apple podcasts and thank you again for listening and hope you come back next week Bye. bye